didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney, and this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of Stranger Things. We started with season one. We have now made it to the finale of season three, chapter eight, The Battle of Starcourt. And Colin is here with your summary. The eighth chapter of Stranger Things 3, titled The Battle of Starcourt, debuted on Netflix on July 4th, 2019. It was written and directed by the Duffer Brothers and has a runtime of one hour, 17 minutes and 53 seconds. For the third straight episode, it's Thursday, July 4th, 1985. Joyce, Murray and Hopper are back in town and headed for the mall where the gang is trying to get the flayer worm out of Elle's leg. Jonathan tries to stick his whole hand in there, but then Elle remembers she has powers and gets it out herself. Eventually, everyone decides to split up with the Scoops troop headed up to Dustin's radio tower, the adults going to the Russian base, and the gang headed to Murray's hideout for safety. Nancy, though, isn't going anywhere. Billy has snagged the ignition cable from her car, so they all retreat back inside. Jonathan realizes they could just take the cable from the force-tossed LeBaron, so they push it over to get at it. Meanwhile, Joyce, Hopper, and Murray have gone down the elevator and arrived to find Russian guards waiting for them. Hopper blows them all away, takes their uniforms, and fools the guard to get into the base. Murray then climbs down into the air vents, leaving Joyce and Hopper to have a little heart-to-heart moment. Back at the mall, the Mind Flayer shows up. Max, Eleven, and Mike try to escape past it by hiding in the gap, while Nancy, Jonathan, Lucas, and Will attempt to lure it away. Jonathan gets the new cable installed in the car, but Billy drives at them. Just in time, Steve and Robin come to the rescue, giving Nancy and crew time to escape. Down in the base, Hopper and Joyce discover Alexi's Plank's constant code doesn't work, so Dustin calls Susie Poo to get the right number. The never-ending story ensues. The new code works, and Hopper and Joyce get the keys to turn off the machine. Billy, though, sees Elle, and the Mind Flayer turns around from following Nancy to head back to the mall. Billy knocks Elle out and presents her to the Mind Flayer just as the gang gets back and starts pelting the monster with fireworks. Elle tries to remind Billy of happier days past. Hopper, meanwhile, is attacked one last time by a motorcycle helmet guy and eventually tosses him into the machine. Elle does get through to Billy, who sacrifices himself to save her. Joyce finally shuts down the machine herself, the Mind Flayer dies, and Hopper is apparently vaporized. The cavalry finally arrives and everyone is saved, though Elle realizes that Hopper didn't make it. Three months later, Steve and Robin apply for jobs at Family Video. Elle is still trying to get her powers back, and the Byers clan is moving, so everyone is saying their goodbyes. Joyce finds the speech Hopper had written for his Mike and Elle talk. Elle reads it and gets all weepy. The end of chapter eight and the end of season three, but wait, at a base in Russia, a man, not the American, is fed to a demogorgon. Now we're done. So many people didn't wait for the mid credit scene, which cracks me up because I guess they weren't used to Stranger Things doing that. That was the first time, right? Yeah. And my one of my friends, she was talking to me. She was like, I'm just so upset about Hopper, blah, blah, blah. And I... And I feel like it's a very, very obvious hint that Hopper didn't die. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, yeah, okay, he's not dead. Yeah. And she was telling me how sad it was that Hopper was dead. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, he's (laughs) definitely not dead. And she was like, yes, he is. And I said, did you watch the mid credit scene? (laughs) She had it. And this was like a couple months after it had come out. Wow. Yeah, it it was. It was the first time they had done a mid credit scene, but still, I don't know. 
I mean, it's not that far into the credits. It's only like 20 seconds. No, because as soon as, as soon as the credits start to roll, I mean, it's maybe five seconds before it's snowing. You get, it's, you hear the wind whistling. There's no Mm -hmm. song playing. So yeah, I don't know. It would have made sense to. Yeah. I don't know. Made me happy. So we start with Hopper, Joyce and Murray. Joyce is, has two peel outs (laughs) with the car in about 10 seconds. They're headed back to the mall. They get in there and Jonathan, it, it took me a second, but Jonathan grabs a wooden spoon. I'm like, what on earth are you doing with a wooden spoon? At first, <laughs> and, I thought he looked at it like I could maybe use this to, because it's, it's to a scoop out the. Uh, yeah. And then it made sense when he got back to her and said, you're going to want to put this in your mouth yeah. or you're going to want to bite down on right. this. Oh, wait, um, homework. Oh, I'm, I'm letting you have a freebie this week because they were all kind of in the same spot and there wasn't a ton unless we got real nitty gritty about yeah. details. No, that's fine. So, oh, actually what we, what we could do, cause I wrote down a list and I don't want to kind of sprinkle these through the whole episode and, and annoy everybody, but I had a list of like five or six things that kind of annoyed me about the episode, oh, like things that, you know, couldn't I can work. Add to so, that. so let's get those out of the way and then we can kind of go back to it. So my first question is, uh, I know Steve was kind of facetious in the elevator. Uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago when he said, you know, you think Petey the mall cop is going to rappel down here. Is there not a mall cop? Where is Petey the mall cop? I mean, shouldn't there be somebody kind of patrolling the mall? I don't know. Is Was that a thing in the 80s? Well, he mentioned it. Always? I, mean, I mean, it's it's not like he, you know, made it up. I don't know. I assume there's, you know, some kind of security, but you know, whatever. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm just like, Will, yet again, taking so long for the, the goosebumps to come and for him to that realize. Kid. I, I mean, it, and on top of that, talking about waiting, Susie, how long does she wait? I mean, she makes him sing the whole, she makes Dustin sing the whole never ending story song when literally the fate of the world well, is in the yes. balance. I mean, she doesn't really believe him that the fate of the world is hanging in the balance. So I, I kind of get that. And she was just having kind of fun with him. But my quibble more was the fact that you, and we've talked about this several times already, that you can't hear two people at once on a walkie talkie. First yeah, of all, I'm... so they wouldn't be able to be singing to each other. And there are a lot of times in the episode where people are kind of talking over each other and stuff. And then there was also the moment, because everybody has walkie talkies. And then I mean, let's get past the fact that the monster picked up a walkie-talkie and pressed the button. And knew how to use it to to scream into it. Right. Hopper would have heard those noises because they're all on the same frequency. And Mm -hmm. then like 30 seconds later, he doesn't know what's going on. Which that whole thing seemed real risky about having everyone on the same frequency. Because how did they know when Bald Eagle was in the presence of Russians? I mean, that just seems... Yeah, that's why he's like, give me some radio silence here, people. But at the same time, you know, yeah. You can't, he, he, right. They're kids. They're going to forget. Right. Elle mentions they can get out through the gap. I don't know how she knew that. But if she knew that the gap had an exit, every store in every mall has an exit. So they could have just gone to the nearest store to get out. They wouldn't have had to go to the gap necessarily. Also, I, Steve and Robin would not have survived that crash. Neither would Billy. But we've already talked about. I guess the mind flayer gives them supernatural. Oh yeah. Billy was hurt more by this car crash than he was getting thrown through a brick wall. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. Motorcycle helmet guy would be dead immediately. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, he didn't he didn't really even have any marks on his face after getting whacked in the face by the machine spinning. I thought it was kind of funny. The duffers must have some kind of fascination with cherry roads and cherry drives and stuff, because 
way back at the beginning in season two, Max, she lived, said that she lived out on Old Cherry Road. Then in this episode, she tells him that she, that Billy, that they live at 4819 Cherry Lane. So a little inconsistency, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the Brimborn Steelworks is on Cherry Oak Drive. So you got Cherry Drive, Cherry Lane, Cherry Oak Drive. Cherry Slurpees. Yeah, all. So it's a very cherry. It's just kind of funny. And then I don't know if you caught it. It was like super quick when the firemen and the military finally show up. One of the firemen, his back is to you and it says Loganville Fire Department on his back. And that's a suburb of Atlanta. So obviously they had like some local firemen come for the day and, and film that. And then the last quibble I had, and I can't really figure this one out at all. Is it the video store when Robin and Steve go? The posters, Family video? Yeah, the posters outside, you know, that are kind of facing the street are Firestarter, 16 Candles and Scarface. Firestarter and 16 Candles both came out more than a year earlier and Scarface came out a year and a half earlier. Why would you have, you know, it's just have some recent movies, you know, it's just, it was strange. Oh, I think that's those. just a total like throwback to, oh, yeah, still, a, a, like it's yeah. just, you know, they took, you know, what they referenced was with uh, Firestarter. I think that's yeah. just like, I mean, they're just having fun with 80s movies, but you know, I mean, good Lord. I, mean, I don't know though. You have to remember Hawkins is a very small town. So maybe they got stuff released yeah, later could be. than other I just, Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was an odd choice of three movies. I remember my video store growing up. They had older movies up. They kept the posters up for a long yeah. time unless someone claimed them. And yeah, and they didn't. And, mean, and, and in all fairness, they did not come out as quickly as they do these days. It's like two, three months now with movies. Oh my gosh, I just saw Ghostbusters with Finn in November and I bought it two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't take nearly as long. Okay, so now we're done the quibbles. We can get back to the episode. So, yeah, that whole scene with them trying to get the worm out of Elle's leg. Every single kid is looking straight at it. Nobody has turned their head away, including Erica, who, you know, little 10 year old girl is staring straight at this thing. Like Mike is literally, I mean, not Mike, Jonathan is putting his hand into her leg. I mean, they do like all of a sudden gasp they do oh yeah i mean they're not happy about it but nobody is looking i would have run so far oh no i think that's very indicative of just how kids are they just want to see stuff it's just a morbid fascination oh man that was just nasty and i like how humper stumped on the uh on the worm that got away that was pretty i loved that entrance it was very the calvary's finally here we've arrived so then I figured out it's been five days since the kids have seen each seen Dustin and Dustin has seen the guys because it was Saturday night. Yeah, um, that they, that he got back and yeah, um, when which, they were up on that up on top of the hill. You know um, that is kind of a quibble with me because I understand it's for plot purposes, but it wasn't like I don't know why they didn't involve Dustin in all of this. It it. it I, obviously the part where he's down in the in the basement or of the mall they couldn't get a hold of him but for days they didn't they weren't hanging out yeah that or, was only that was only the past 24 hours i mean that was you know wednesday all day wednesday they were were we supposed the, to take it as if they were kind of mad at each other i don't know because i think, he, I, think I think honestly i think the duffers just said okay let's compartmentalize this season so we have nancy and jonathan and the kids and we have hopper and joyce and murray and alexi and then we have dustin and the scoops troop and let's just keep them all separate and then we can bring them all back together at the end. So I think, I mean, I mean they pretty much do that every season, Yeah, but usually yeah. the, the boys are together, right? No. Cause last season, yeah. Dustin was with Lucas and Max right, and Steve while Will and Mike kind of went off on their own. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think it was just easier to kind of split them up and have them have their own storylines. And in all fairness, I mean, one writer could have taken, you know, the Dustin storyline and one writer could have taken, you know, and, and the Duffers could have overseen the whole thing. So it may have just been easier, you know, logistically to keep them all separate. But yeah, so Saturday night to Thursday night, Dustin and the and Will and Mike and Lucas haven't seen each other. Well, he yeah. hasn't seen the three of them. So right. Then um, Hopper tosses the walkie-talkie. Steve tosses the keys to himself when he's walking. Out. So this affinity of, of people tossing things. And I did like the moment when Steve goes out and sees the car and <laughs> starts talking to himself in the third person. Yeah, I love I love how excited he is about that car, which. I'm not a car person, so I don't know. Was that a sweet car in the 80s? I think it was probably more the convertibleness of it than anything. Oh, probably. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're used to like station wagons and I mean, Steve has a BMW. I mean, so he's not. Yeah. He's not, and, it, and it was a Buick, right? It was. Yeah. It was a, or well, a Chrysler. It was a, yeah. It was a LeBaron convertible. Yeah. So Chrysler. LeBaron. Yeah. Chrysler LeBaron. So, I mean, there's no place on the planet where a LeBaron is nicer than a BMW, but still it was kind of a. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was weird. And I guess I never realized how steep that hill was to to get up. Because oh, the up to where, they, where their antenna is? Yeah. Yeah. And the kids walked that. Yeah, but they were complaining the whole way. They're like, it's been, I remember them saying something like it's been four or five hours and we've been walking. That's this true. Hill, so, yeah. Okay. You know about this more than I do. Would that type of radio be able to transmit a message all the way to utah from indiana yes yeah ham radios can yeah ham radios because uh remember they were trying to get to australia back in um season one i just assumed that that was very high tech yeah you know and it was because the school had bought it yeah no i think i think especially with I, i think we're meant to believe whether it's possible or not i think we're meant to believe with this elaborate setup that dustin has on top of this mountain that even though he might not have the best radio, he certainly has a really cool antenna. And it looks yeah. like Susie has a very nice radio. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of how they're writing that off. All right. Well, I guess that makes sense. So what did you think of Hopper opening up and killing those guys? Coming? It cracked me up and nobody even really, I mean, they were just, they were more mad that it risked, it, you know, created a risk for them as opposed to actually, you know, murdering. Them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody he just, so he was just, he just show. had it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just, let's just get rid of these people. Yeah. Let's just get them out of the way. So then we come up with the names. So we got Scoops Troop. Finally, we, we, you know, we've been calling them the Scoops Troop all season long, but yeah. this is the first time they're actually referred to as Scoops Troop. So we have Scoops Troop, Bald Eagle, and Griswold family, which I thought was great, just so everybody has their own little code names. And I especially loved um, Dustin just needling Murray just a little bit more to get him to repeat Bald Eagle and all that kind of stuff. That was really funny. Oh, we, we kind of jumped right over it, but Erica's attitude with Murray in the food court back in the mall. That bugs me. Seems a little Erica excessive. bugs me. Yeah, she was a, she was a little kind of off her it, rocker in this. It was too much for that age. Yeah. I, for, I think they forget, obviously, Priya Ferguson is much older than, she's yeah. not 10. I think she was, I think she's probably 13 I think when, so, they, yeah. when yeah. they filmed this. Yeah. And I just don't see a 10-year-old wisecracking like that right yeah they're typically not yeah. that witty. I, I, I think they were just going for the the humor and that and not really you know right it in reality at all so so joyce and hopper have their little moment oh um, my gosh as soon as they made plans for their date at enzo's i knew when i first watched it i knew one of them was going to die yeah. 
someone's dying. Yep. 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 <laughs> and it made me, I, and in my head, I think I thought no way would it, I, for some reason I felt like Joyce would be more likely. And I don't know why, because thinking back, that's kind of dumb. I don't think they would make, I don't think the Duffers would make Will and Jonathan lose their mom. Right. But, and, but Hopper is just such a, an integral part of the story that I didn't see how they could go on without him. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a kind of a screaming red flag. I'm like, Oh God, something's going to happen. I know. (laughs) Did you, I didn't realize that this was such a big question. And I know this because of just what I know people Google about the show. So many people want to know what caused 11 to lose her powers. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of took it as she kind of used them so much. She kind of that's what out, I did too. ran out of gas, really. But if you look on any subreddit or just Google the question, why did, why did 11 lose her powers? There are so many theories about why they think that, you know, the mind flayer took it. They think that when she got bitten, that's what started it, you know, things like that. And, you know, the big question for season four is whether or not she's going to get her powers back. Well, I was even more confused in, in the epilogue when she couldn't pull the teddy bear off the shelf, because I would have thought that she would have been recharged by that. You know, I, I can kind of get in the moment of the mall and everything. Mm-hmm. She's used the powers a lot in, in the past 24 but hours. But when did and- she not be able to use it in the mall? I felt like she defeated the mind flare. I just thought the mind flare was stronger than she was. I didn't take it as her powers were completely gone by then. Well, they never really showed it, but it was implied that she couldn't pull the car, turn the car over. And it was oh. also implied because she took the Coke can out of the trash. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. And she was trying to do that. Now, both of those scenes were interrupted before we saw how they concluded, but I think we're meant to believe that she couldn't do either of those things. Oh, see, I took it as just, she definitely used her powers to help defeat the mind flayer, but it just, he was stronger than her. So yeah. that's on me. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what confused me in the epilogue. Cause she couldn't three months later, still couldn't even just move a teddy bear off a shelf. So that was concerning to me. Cause I would think that she would have gotten, you know, a little bit back. So she couldn't, you know, move a house, but you know, she could certainly She'd get pull a, teddy a teddy bear. bear. Yeah. So I thought it was odd how she, everyone just seemed fine. <laughs> after it all (laughs) max didn't seem that upset and i know i feel like they're going to show max experiencing the loss of billy you know through her emotions and everything in season four but just seemed like everything was back to normal just no hop i mean obviously l teared up reading the letter joyce teared up when she found it but i don't know i feel like i'd be in a deep deep depression yeah i think they were they were more upset about the buyers moving than still showing scars from this terribly traumatic event that killed 30 people and which i know at the end when they talk about you know we finally get to see larry yes arrested and you know the slimy mayor of hawkins goes down and i guess it's because the government had to blame it on somebody saying that he was the one that initiated this contact with well, was, I, I was mean, he in trouble for talking with the Russians or was he in trouble for, you know, embezzling money or whatever? Well, I, I kind of paused the screen and read as much of the newspaper articles as I could, but the Russians were never mentioned in it. Oh, so, okay. So I don't know how they would, I mean, because you could get them on the land deals, but the land deals were to the Russians. Yeah. So, so how are they, were they just, I mean, maybe they were pretending yeah. to be those stores, you know, that they were getting deliveries yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. So also 
I am surprised that this isn't talked about more, especially as we near season four. I feel like the satanic panic of the 80s is going to play a huge part. Yeah, and they kind of tip that, in obviously. season four, and they talk about, which I remember that. I remember being little and thinking Dungeons and Dragons was, you didn't play Oh, that sure. Game. Yeah. Like it yeah. Was and my, my friends played it. I played it like very little, but my friends played it. And I don't. I wasn't looking down on them because it was a satanic thing, but I was aware at the time that the general consensus Same. among parents and stuff like that was that this is woo satanic and you know. yeah, my and in, in the like have, listening to heavy metal, my I remember my brother played. I don't. He never really got into it, but I remember Dungeons and Dragons being around, and I just think it's odd that they would focus on that game because it had wizards. That's yeah. why, because it had ma- they thought it was black magic. I mean, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, it was the same thing as the PMRC and bad language and songs and you PMRC. know PMRC. Yeah, the uh, the Tipper Gore's group and the and the bad lyrics and the parental advisory for bad lyrics and songs. Oh, and I stuff. didn't know that was what. That yeah, was that called. was the PMRC, Parents Music Resource Council or something like that. I can't remember what it was, um, but they were the ones that initiated the you know started parental the advisory. parental advisory. It, explicit lyrics you know that kind of thing i mean you just needed somebody to blame there needed to be a scapegoat and what was an easy thing to scapegoat dungeons and dragons in the Which early is 80s wild that it went music. as far as the, as it did yeah no that's true okay so let's let's get into the uh never-ending story bit because there's all kinds of stuff out there and it's kind of funny because i just i absolutely love the scene i think it's probably my favorite sequence in the entirety of stranger things that we've had so far i just i think it's everyone's favorite sequence i was looking at trivia about it did you see that the guy the original song went up like plays went up by like something like 825 yeah yeah it was crazy and and they were originally gonna do like this i'll actually hear it let me play a clip for it so this was the original song that they were gonna use the duffers wanted to use in, and until it actually became never ending story okay when spring is come to garden fields and scorn is in the place. So that's the song. That's from Lord of the Rings. That's the Ant and the Ant Wife. Okay, so that is the song that they were originally going to use. That was terrible. And I don't think anybody has, I mean, there are probably four people in the world that have heard that song because this is before all the Lord of the Rings movies came out. You know, so yeah. Where did they, they, they get it from? Song. It's in the books. So they went. How would through, they know how to sing it? And they made a tune to go with it. And so that was a song they were going to use. And then one of the writers said, "Yeah, let's use something else." And I'll Thank post God. a link. I'll post a link to this. There's a whole. There's a whole thing that goes with this. On, I mean, there were all kinds of like never-ending story challenges that came out after this episode aired oh, and people had to I sing remember Millie Bobby or, Brown yeah. doing it Evie who is much I don't know if she's ever yeah. even seen the movie she knows every word to it now just because of Stranger Things yeah. so there's this whole article on how it came to be and how they picked this song so I'll post a link to that but uh one of the interesting things I found is that people are now there are some people are blaming Susie for Billy's death and for Hopper's death and I'll put death in quotes I would like um, to raise my hand as those people yeah, because she should not have taken that long it right. angered me yeah well yeah that's two minutes two two three minutes that hopper could have been more quickly into the room could have turned the keys turned the thing off before motorcycle helmet guy even showed up 
that would have killed the monster. That means Billy would not have had to, you know, do this whole thing with L and had the whole memory thing and going back to the beach. And then the monster would have just died on his own. Billy would have been fine. But also, I have to say, I don't understand what took Hopper so long to, I don't know why he didn't just leave as soon as he killed the Russian guy. True. Yeah. Why didn't he just run out? Yeah. You know, he and stood I, there for a solid 30 seconds and gave Joyce this, you know. I read somewhere one of the look. one of the recaps, I don't remember if it was Vulture or, or one of those, was saying that Hopper was kind of cut off. And I don't think he was, I, I mean, it looked to me like he could have still kind of run up the gangplank and back into the control room where Joyce was. I did, yeah, I, I watched it twice to make sure. And it did seem like he could, he could have made it out in time. Yeah. I didn't understand what the timing was were they trying to get it closed before the russians got back or before the monster killed 11 i yeah, just yeah they were just they were trying to shut off the machine because that would shut the, that would get rid of the mind flare which to joyce and hopper and murray's knowledge was still out there somewhere obviously they're not at the mall mm-hmm. so they don't really know what's going on um so they just wanted to shut down the gate which would kill the monster that is out there somewhere and then I know, therefore everybody I, everybody would be fine and you know life could go back to normal. Yeah, I just thought it was, and I'm sure people that are listening to this podcast that you know love to analyze and come up with theories about stranger things are yelling at me, but I'm still like, why couldn't he have just walked back out before Joyce turned the key? No, exactly. I mean, so. and these are the kind of quibbles that we'll have. And and I think in the moment, you know, you're not really paying attention to that. You're just, oh you're, no, you're so caught up in the emotion of what's going on. But then watching it six, seven, eight times, you're like, wait a second, wait a second, well, wait a second. You know, there was no actual, you know, proof, proof that Hopper was alive. And I remember being so upset that, you know, he was possibly dead. I watched it. I paused it to see you know and hopper is actually not there before she turns the key off there's like a quick five second no not even five second two second shot of the plank where the gate is open right and he's not there and there's also a ladder going down right well i remember thinking at the time that he could have just ducked under and he could have kind of jumped underneath the gangplank there or whatever mm-hmm. so i mean i remember i remember very clearly thinking that the first time i saw it that you know yeah a, there's no way that he's dead, and B, he could have just scooted under there. And, and well, and what's what's funny is, you know, as I was looking up all these theories, and you know, my love, and I, there was an article that David Harbor did an interview with. Like, I, don't, I cannot remember the publication. I can go back and find it. It was before any. It was before the from Russia with Love teaser trailer that came out in February, way back in February 2020. Yeah, it was before that. And he specifically says in the interview, Hopper's still alive. And I could not figure out I, why nobody else was making a big deal about this because I was like, there yeah. it is. He just said it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know? You know, we all assumed it, obviously. So maybe, maybe I just needed, you know, concrete evidence. Right. Yeah. You did <laughs> proof from those yes. in the know. Yeah. Okay. So then the cavalry shows up. We got all kinds of helicopters. We got Owen's return, which I thought was neat seeing him. Yes. I really loved his look at the gate uh, when he's standing there staring at it. He's like, this, this better be it. You know, it's, it's just a who it was. He was just, he looked so mad that this thing had been he's, opened up again. And I also thought he, I felt like he looked worried. So I'm hoping that Paul Reiser makes an appearance in season four in some capacity. Yes. I to, do too. To show up and, 
because as far as I know, you know, everyone thinks Brenner's dead, which we now know from the teasers. It looks like he's not. But, right. you know, who else was taking care of that stuff while Brenner was gone? It's right, like right. Owen. <laughs> All right. So then uh, we fast forward and we get the little news clippings from Cutting Edge, which is oh my gosh. very much like what current affair. You know, and I loved it. It took me a second. I'm like, what's wrong with the scene when I'm watching Robin and Steve go into the video store? This is the first time all season they've not been in their sailor outfits. First time they're in street clothes. Yes. And it took me a second. I'm like, they look really weird. Yeah. Steve had on his vest again, though. <laughs> yeah. Then we had, um, oh, a little quick thing. Uh, Dixon and Stein. The, um, they're, in the, they're in the video store. They're in the background. Yeah. So when Robin is talking to Keith, the two guys that are kind of out of focus behind Robin, are the composers Dixon and Stein. So they had their little cameo. Which it makes me laugh that Keith made a reappearance. I guess he just, he stopped working at the arcade and just moved next door to the family video. He he walked 10 feet to the left. and (laughs) That's his other job? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. He works at both places. Yeah, so I love how uh, Dustin was being teased by Max and Lucas. I thought that was a a neat little scene. I mean, I thought it was weird, but (laughs) that nobody's upset. They were just singing songs, but okay. Nancy and Jonathan are talking about their shared trauma. Oh God, if I have to hear shared trauma. Overall, just the whole Nancy and Jonathan this season, just really kind of, ugh, you know, it's just kind of. Yeah, they're boring. I, I mean, I hate to say it, which, all right, kudos to Jonathan for being the one to, you know, have the balls to cut legs or L's leg wide open. Yep. But I, I just, Jonathan just doesn't do anything for me. No. And I love Nancy. And I, yeah, I thought Nancy was great. She was super badass, you know, especially mm. when she was shooting the gun at Billy when he was driving towards her. I thought, I mean, she was yeah. super badass. But yeah, I mean, their whole, I don't know. They just, I, I think they got kind of gypped a little bit this season overall. Mm-hmm. So we get Hopper's note, which kind of closes out the episode. So, you know, even after everybody's kind of driven off, now we, <laughs> we kind of rewind a little bit and see Elle reading the note, which was cute. I thought it was a neat little way to kind of wrap everything up. And, oh, yeah, there was another hint there that Hopper wasn't dead because they start playing Heroes, the David Bowie song. Yeah, which they played when Will wasn't really dead. Right. Yeah. Back at the at the quarry. So and then we get the credit scene that we're not feeding the American to the Demogorgon. We're feeding the other guy. Which what did that guy do to deserve that? Yeah, really? <laughs> and so here ends Stranger Things as we know it to this point. It was a wild ride. Yeah. That, but I don't know. I have a. We talked about this this week a little bit, but I have been looking at theories and I guess you'd call them analysis of the show. And I just feel the need to remind people that these are fictional characters that yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Invented, so I would, invented by two brothers. Yeah. This I is, would there's... love it if people, I would love it if people just took a step back and realized that these are not real people we're talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, oh, there's all kinds of theories and things out there and this must be true because of this and this. Oh my well, gosh. the amount, Nothing is true. There is not, nothing. Nothing for sure is true because you didn't write the characters. Yeah. I understand the different ships that you may have, but there is no way to know for sure. I don't feel like the Duffer brothers were over here saying this is going to be a huge symbolism for shared trauma or child abuse yeah. or anything like that. No, no. I think it is a show about, we read, we read the original. Did we not look at the original pitch Bible this week? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it is very clear that he, they want this to be a show about monsters and kids right. with an 80s aesthetic. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I know well, people I mean, even want it, it to be more, but it's not. Even at the most base level, you notice in this last episode, they never say where the buyers are moving to. Yeah. I mean, they never say they're going to Illinois. They're going to California. They're going to Alaska. They're going to Europe. Yeah. We have no idea. Next town over. We have no idea. And they deliberately did that. So they couldn't, they didn't write themselves into a corner and have to, you know, when season yeah. four came around, I mean, they wanted to keep their options open because they didn't even know where the show was they going. They did not so, know. Yeah. So I, 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 if I were them, I would get kind of annoyed with people telling me what it really meant when it's like, I didn't even know what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we can get into our segments. I didn't really do a Colin yeah. moment this week, just because we've talked. I mean, we got 24 episodes of me talking about everything from lunchboxes to malls to video yeah, stores. Well, to... I can take over because I had a Whitney moment this week. Okay. And it was it was a never ending story. And I don't know what was wrong with me as a small child, because this movie, if you haven't seen it, I've seen, I, yeah, I've seen like bits and pieces of it, it's, but I've never. Do you sat know the down. most devastating part? Oh yeah, the 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 horse attacks. Yeah. So, our, in case you haven't ever seen this movie, it is a fun little ditty that Dustin and Susie sing. But there is a scene in this movie where Atreyu, the main character, he has to travel to this far off land, this magical land, to give a princess a name. And I'm really summarizing here. But at one point, his beloved horse, who is his only friend in the world, dies the worst death possible by getting sucked into these mud pits. And it's sad. And I feel like the horse that they filmed, probably, the horse probably had a, just needs compensated for the trauma that it went through because <laughs> it is being sucked into this mud. And the kid who plays a tray is pulling on the reins, trying, and he's begging him to fight and to get out and he doesn't and he's screaming Artax I have a t-shirt that just says Artax across it with an exclamation point <laughs> and I watched that movie all the time as a kid do not show it to your children it is scary it's weird and it's devastating <laughs> yeah I think I mean I was like kind of aware that the movie was out there but I think I was I don't know, 12 or 13 when it came out. So it was kind of a it's little bit very strange. Kind of past and it's, my... It has some very, when there's a part when Atreyu has to go visit the oracles and there are these statues that shoot laser beams out of their eyes. They, they tried to make it fun by adding, you know, Falcor, the luck dragon, which is this giant furry. It's like a dog mixed with a dragon. It's very cute. Okay. Talk. Yeah. I've, I've and, seen pictures of it, obviously. Clips. You know, yeah. He flies around. Falcor is adorable, but Artax is death is just no yeah. too much. Too but, much I mean, for the like, 80s. Flip side, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I'm not kidding. This is this is my favorite moment of the entire series. I love, I mean, I get goose pimply kind of I just I love it. it. And I think it's just because I'm not one to like, you know, these super intense you know, angsty oh. things. So to get this break, you know, and to just breathe for a second. And, huh. and it was, and it's just such a fun and happy song. And But and, did you feel like it was kind of a weird spot? I remember this was a complaint for a lot of people. It's a weird spot to put in the 
in the show. Yeah, I think it was just, I think it was just, just to give everybody just a break. Cause I mean, you're kind of like right in the middle of everything. Everything's ramping up. You got all three storylines are just like, dun, 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 you know, kind of marching through the end. You know, it's yeah. just take a pause, have some fun for two minutes and then get back at, get back at it. But I mean, when Susie starts jumping up and down with her arms are in the air and, and they're harmonizing, which I thought was great. Which I um, believe Gayton has has a history with Broadway, doesn't he? Yeah, so does Gabriella. Gabriella Pizzolo plays Susie, and she does too. Okay. So she was on she was in Matilda on Broadway. So, um, but I, I, again, I'll post an article, and there's all kinds of links in it to the Never Ending Challenge, to how that came about, all that kind of stuff. And there's even one clip of uh, Tammy Stronach who played the Childish Empress in Never Ending yes. Story. She yes. does a never-ending story challenge, so she sings the songs, which is kind of neat. So you can kind of see her all grown up. So one last time before we get out of here, let's do a quick round of Where in the World Is. So this week, the only real location they mention is Dustin uh when he gets in the car with Steve and says, Go to Weathertop. Any idea where Weathertop comes from or what the origin of Dustin calling his little hill weathertop. It is a fictional. He's drawing from a fictional source. No, I feel like it's from a, a book. Maybe a it book goes, like it, it kind of goes back to the ant and the ant wife, if that helps. Uh, that's what I was saying. Lord of the Rings. Is yeah, it, yeah, that's from, something in Lord of the Rings. It's from Lord of the Rings. It's a lookout mountain in Lord of the Rings. So he named he named his little hill weathertop. So what I just I just adorable I just had, little nerd. Just had to have one more one more where in the world is before we get out of here. So let's talk about some movies. You want to go to the movies? We should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something. Okay, what did you have for any kind of movie references this go round? I feel like the obvious choice is Ghostbusters 2. You can never hear higher and higher. True. Without yes. thinking yeah. of the Statue of Liberty walking through yep. New York City. Yep. And pink goo everywhere. And then I feel like we've mentioned this a bunch, but Fast Times is referenced throughout yeah. the series this yeah. season. And then you have obviously the Griswold family with vacation. Mm-hmm. You have Susie had a Muppet movie poster and a Wizard of Oz poster, mm-hmm. never ending story, obviously. And then Robin and Steve's favorite movies, um, Children of Paradise, A Hidden Fortress. I love apartment. that Steve's is the one with the Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> and then he makes the noise too. The <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is really funny. It's like, it's like universally panned is the worst one. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then I also liked, it was just a really quick throwaway um, when they're in the mall and they're, they kind of see the mind flare reflected in the car rear view mirror, oh, the, Jurassic car, Park. the side mirror. And it says, you know, objects in the mirror larger than they appear. And it was Jurassic Park. Yeah. What did we talk about last week? How often does Jurassic Park show up in my oh, right. life? Well, just hankering down behind the, behind the car and, you know, with a big monster and everything. So, okay. Little things. Wait, did, did you see something? Yeah. What did what did you see? I didn't have any <laughs> this week. <laughs> I was too involved. I, I only had a couple. Uh, one was I love Murray's key ring with all of his keys. So this is the bottom lock. This is the next up lock. This is the top lock. He had like a that mass, part stressed me out. Yeah, like fifty keys on his ring. <laughs> how are they going to remember that? I have no idea. And then two other little ones. How the flare, the mind flare, picked up the little worm that Hopper squished. He kind of absorbed it into his body. So he had to get like every last little Come bit. Come here, my child. <laughs> That's my little. And then in Susie's uh, room in Utah, she had Dustin's um, red, white, and blue hat on her nightstand. I did see that. And she has a BYU pennant hanging in her room because yeah. she's in, she's back in, in Utah. Utah. Yeah. So she had Dustin's hat, which I thought was kind of a neat little, neat little throwback. Okay. Music. 
I'll go through these real quickly, um, and so we can get to our superlatives. So the first song is Gold Rush 2 by Yellow. This is the song that's playing when Steve hops in the Todd Father. Uh, came out in August of 1986, so a little anachronistic. It was on the same album that Oh Yeah came out, the Ferris Bueller and Secret of My Success. You know, oh yeah. Never really went anywhere as far as um, you know charts go, but did hit number nine on the Swiss hit parade because they're a Swiss group. So I actually really like that song. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I don't think I'd heard it before Stranger Things. So uh, then you mentioned Higher and Higher by Jackie Wilson. You know Came out in August of 1967, went to number one on the R&B charts and went to number six on the Hot 100 Billboard charts. And then, of course, we can't not talk about Neverending Story by Lamar. This one um, came out in July of 1984, only went to number 17 at the time. Um, it's also, it's one of the few songs that fades in. If you've ever like listened to it from the beginning, the song kind of fades in and then fades out, um, which is kind of interesting. Then you had mentioned, um, you know, video views and stuff. So YouTube hits went up 800% and Spotify hits went up 825% after this song came out at Stranger Things. And then the next song um, I wanted to mention is Deep by Peter Sandberg. This is the ambient music that's kind of playing in the background when Elle is reading Hopper's letter. It came out in 2019. It was, you know, it's kind of very much in the mode of Dixon and Stein. Uh, And then, of course, Heroes, which we've talked about already before, the Peter Gabriel's cover of David Bowie's Heroes. And that should do it for music. So let's get on to superlatives. I didn't think they were that easy this week. Oh, I didn't either. Uh, But before we get going on ours, we have two listener submissions for their superlatives so i'll let you want to yeah. do the first one yeah i've got one from ashley and it reads hello whitney and colin here are some of my superlatives for this week number one she did funniest moment slash line and it's when erica calls Maria bald bastard i'm sorry why is this four-year-old speaking to me um i'm telling you bald bastard uh, erica just the facts she's right Two, most strangers, it goes to Dr. Owens and the military showing up 10 minutes too late after the mall is practically destroyed, which, good call. Um, Number three, most tear-jerking scene. We didn't do this one, but I'm glad that Ashley did. And it is Hopper's letter slash the buyers and L moving. And she said, this is probably the most emotional scene in a season finale I've ever seen. And I tear up every time I watch it, which same Ashley sure number four she for best performances she gave it to both Millie Bobby Brown and Sadie Sink she said there were many actors this episode who did a wonderful job with their respective roles but I really felt Elle and Max's emotions through Millie and Sadie's respective performances and number five her MVP moment it goes to Will Max Lucas Nancy and Jonathan as they pelt the mind flare with fireworks not only did they light him up like the 4th of July, but they gave Elle enough time to get through to Billy, which ultimately ended up saving the day. So those are Ashley's. Probably, those right. are really great. Okay. So let's do, um, Chad sent his in and his best line was also from Erica, but from like a second earlier in the scene when she was talking to Murray. What? You're just going to waltz in there like it's commie Disneyland or something. 
For Most Spirited, he said the commercial for the Cutting Edge News Show and the whole satanic scare of the 80s with Dungeons and Dragons, which we had talked about, and that was a good call, a very 80s. For Stranger Thing, uh, he said there was a tie between removing the leg slug and then Hopper stepping on the leg slug and the blood splattering on the camera lens. And I actually didn't even mention that. I forgot to mention it. Um, oh, yeah. When they step on the, when Hopper steps, the blood splatters right on the, on the TV screen, which is Ooh. kind of a neat little effect. <laughs> uh, and for MVP, he said, once again, Joyce, when faced with the most difficult decision, she saved the world and shut the gate. She also has the courage to get her family the hell out of Hawkins, which, yes, I also agree with. <laughs> and then he also, he also mentioned a couple little things. Uh, he mentioned the two burnouts by Joyce to start the episode when she's in the car. Uh, Susie having Dustin's hat. And then how amazing the scene with the mind flare and the fireworks and the food court is. We didn't really even talk about that either, but that was a that was a great scene. So. Those are Chad's. So on with us. What did you have for best line? Best line. It's kind of a twofer. I went with, I could have just gone with Hoffer's entire letter, but I went with. Oh man. Now this, this is what I'm talking about. Todd father. Oh, screw Todd. Steve's our daddy now. Did you just talk about yourself in the third person? Did he just call himself daddy? All right. Where are we going? Weather top. That's great. <laughs> Anytime somebody refers to themselves in the third person, I just, I love it. So I, again, going back to the uh, never ending story scene, I just love this little bit between uh, Dustin and Susie. Susie, do you copy? This is Susie. I copy. Susie. Dusty Bun? Dusty Bun. Where have you been? I'm so, so sorry. I've, I've been really busy I'm trying to save the world from Russians and monsters. <laughs> of course you have. Okay. Most spirited. I went with the radio music. Just, it was funny because it wasn't just on the soundtrack. They were actually listening to that song as they drove to Weathertop, which was quite chipper considering the, oh, the higher, the higher and higher song. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was just happened to be on the radio. Yeah. 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 Uh, I went with the whole never ending story, but that's, that was just so 1984 and, and so, so spirited. So uh, most stranger thing I went with the end credit scene. I know there was a lot of like, you know, very intense and very gross and very, you know, things going on with the season. But as far as stranger things go, having that mid credit scene, I think in there just made everybody was like, whoa. Well, you got to see another Demodog or sort of, I guess. It just proved that the Demodogs do grow up and to be Demogorgons. Yeah. And, it and that was the first time wonder. we'd seen them this season. I mean, we hadn't seen any mm-hmm. Demogorgons all season. So, yeah. Uh, I went with the leg slug as well. It was just, Jonathan digging around at her leg. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, good lord, did he really need to like stick his? He stuck his whole hand down inside the skin of her I, leg. Her, ah, her skin was stretching ah. and just. Oh, okay. MVP. This one was tough. It was tough. Yeah, yeah. Honest to God, I almost went with Jonathan Byers because I was like, he's the only one that had the courage to slice her leg open. Yeah, you know. But then he didn't do anything. That's so true. Yeah, he got. He, he yeah. got he got out, but I went with Hopper because how else do you? I mean, he just had the courage to go down there. He just took one for the team, and he told Joyce to go ahead and turn that key, even though it meant he was probably going to quote unquote die. Yeah, no, I went with David Harbor. I thought I thought, um, and I haven't picked him a whole lot actually. I went back and looked. I haven't picked him a, a whole lot as the MVP. But yeah, I think it was great. And I, I love the look on his face when he looks back at Joyce when she's up in the control room. It's just kind of a, you know, it's kind oh. of a half smile. It is just kind of, it's just know. like, just know that I loved you. Yeah. Sort yeah, of thing. You know, how much can you say without saying a word? And, and he just, he nailed it. I know. I and it, the tears in his eyes. And yeah, yeah, it was great. All right. So that does it 
for season three and for we Stranger did. Things as we know up it, until this, this point. point. But that does not mean that we will be gone all that long. We are, first of all, we'll be back next week with the recap of everything and just discussing the season as a whole. But in the future, we're going to tide you over until, you know, the new season drops. We're going to be discussing some theories that we have about what could happen. They've The Duffer Brothers have dropped a lot of hints. And as you all know, I live for speculation and theories. So we'll be talking about some of that stuff. So that is a good reason for you to subscribe so that you can know whenever we pop back up. It won't be weekly, but we'll be around so if you have anything that you want to tell us, you can always email us at scoopshoypod at gmail.com. You can keep an eye on our socials. We're at scoopshoypod on Facebook and Twitter. If you leave us a review, that helps us get in front of other listeners, especially on iTunes. I just recently heard that you can leave reviews on Spotify now. I haven't checked it out for myself. Hopefully that's true. Yeah, so- yeah, you can do it through um, through your phone. Nice. Okay. So do that too. <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.